Yeah, so welcome everyone to our Successful Habits Book Club. And we're now on our new time slot. That's Wednesdays at 5 p.m. So I hope you're still guys are still joining us. And hopefully more people will be able to attend. So we'll get started. Okay, so for our agenda today, we're just going to do a quick introduction. And we are now on to chapter five of Mastery by Robert Greene. And uh, 5.45, we're just gonna do a quick online networking. So we can um, get to know more of each other and um, network. So why this book club? All right, so our success is direct results of all the habits we have. The more successful habits we adopt, the more successful we become. Of course, reading on a regular basis is one of the most impactful, successful habits we've learned. And why this successful habits book club? And a lot of people already have, you know, uh, said about this book club is that they feel that they're part of a community or, you know, a group of family, a group of people that uh, feels like family. So you can discuss anything and, you know, share your views and knowledge with others. You can, of course, connect with other people here, other uh, fellow book club members. You don't really have to, you know, uh, really be a book, book nerd or bookworm, but you can just learn a lot from all our panelists here. And of course, it really challenges you to read more books. Once you get started on one, definitely want to read more. And this really helped me to, to get started. So uh, wise words, a book holds a house of gold. And uh, basically, the more you read, the more you really build this uh, successful habits. Our vision for this book club is to bring together a core group of highly motivated individuals and high performers to grow together. And that's our vision for everyone as well that we just um, learn and grow together. And REIQ or Real Estate IQ is a technology and data company focused on creating uh, technology and systems for our real estate investment community and so that's our expertise our mission is to empower your journey to freedom and success and so we do hope to bring value to to the real estate industry to to get them to you know have more freedom with their time and with the kind of uh lifestyle that they have our core values is that we're growth oriented, always want to keep learning, keep on expanding and stretching ourselves. Um, we have a champion mindset. We always want to do our best. Um, integrity to, to do what's right, to do what uh, should be done. Um, our automated systems we have here, um, we have a deal analysis system, we have unlimited uh, computations, deal finding, we have 45,000 motivated seller leads, and the premium where it's very useful now, we can do skip tracing, and 
can get details like emails, phone numbers, and everything that you need. And please join our online community portal. We do have it on the website below there, realestate.iq.co. And once you join or um, register, you can be part of our various groups. And if you haven't joined, guys, you can just uh, go ahead and sign up. Okay, so you can also join our passive investment program. You can stay t on top of passive investment opportunities in the real estate community. So it's, very, it's the perfect time today to get the opportunities. If you want to learn more about passive investment opportunities, um, you may go ahead and answer the poll and we'll be in touch with you. One of our uh, account managers will be there. You can just, or you can also visit the link on this uh, site. All right. So just a quick disclaimer that all the information presented in the presentation is intended for educational purposes only. We don't offer any investment, financial, or legal advice. So I'll just get to it. Here's our uh, panelists. We have John Yu, Brent Mott, and Michael Gaftias. So Brent, here is our real estate investor, coach, and speaker. Um, we also have John Yu. Uh, founder of Few Property Investments, Senior Vice President of Kingsville Capital, Vice President of David Christopher and Associate. And uh, we have Michael Geftis, President of Firecourt Homes. All right. Okay, if at any point of this um, discussion, you have any questions, you may just leave a message in the chat box. So feel free to, to just leave your comments. So now uh, we're going to go on to chapter five. That's called Awaken the Dimensional Mind, the Creative Active. And this one is a very interesting chapter as well. Since, um, you know, as Robert Greene discusses, anyone can be a master. Basically, you can improve yourself or you can strategize on how to do that. But at the, at the middle part after the apprenticeship, you kind of get to that part where you become bored or you kind of lose your creative spark. You lose traction in a project if you delay it too long. So here we can see examples of uh, lives of people or masters in the past who stretched their minds and uh, created creativity to achieve this. So we'll discuss um, how we can get to that creative breakthrough. So the first step is really, or the goal is really to awaken your dimensional mind. So uh, what is that or how do we do that? So as uh, Robert Greene says that creative test is to really find your niche, to find what you're good at. And at some point there, there's like an obsessive element that you can't really stop thinking about it. It must connect to something deep within you or it has to have that emotional factor. And it's the choice of where you direct your energy that makes you a master. So 
at some point it's like you know that you want to do it, it doesn't feel like work anymore and you know that that's something that that's your niche that's something that you want to do uh, for the rest of your life and so um there are different kind of uh, strategies that will help you you know enhance your creativity but sometimes if you think about if you think about it too much you know your mind tightens up and unless you constantly use it to stretch it out so these sort of five or four strategies keep your mind open and flexible uh, negative capability that is actually the term used to embrace your uncertainties and doubts so you stay your mind has to stay open to accept any perspective instead of you know holding on too close to your own view allow for serendipity so always have to be open for opportunities and you have to always be ready and as robert green says it's good to keep a notebook with you at all times to record things and i find also that the best uh ideas you know come to me uh before i sleep or in in the early morning after i wake up so it's good to have it listed maybe in a notebook or on my phone so i won't forget and to alter your perspective of course is to see the subject or problem in a different way or a different angle looking into the how instead of the what or you know, just shift from the macro to the micro or vice versa. So for example, in business or entrepreneurship, we can focus on the need that's not being met or meeting a need that does not exist yet, but is apparent. So for example, in this coronavirus um, period, you know, we have to think of ways that what are what are the needs that are that we have right now that's not being met and that's actually already thinking of a solution that people would actually want to know so that's one way to to see it and lastly to revert to primal intelligence so it's just like thinking beyond words or language to get a visual or physical idea of things the step three is the creative breakthrough. So this one, you know, as uh, as you think about something a lot, you kind of have a, a mental uh, breakdown, or you know, your mind doesn't uh, get that creative spark anymore. So it's very helpful to take a break. And uh, the example in the book, Albert Einstein. So he was thinking of the general relativity problem for about 10, 10 years. And so one evening, he just simply decided to give up. But um, when he went to bed early, the next morning when he awoke, the solution suddenly came to him. So I know that, you know, we, we do need that to take a break sometimes, to take a walk outside or to distract yourself from doing something else. So it's also good to have a deadline for yourself. And the example here is pretty drastic. Uh, Evariste Galois, um, he had a, a duel over, over love that 
he had to have um, he was going to fight somebody over Jewel the next day. And so thinking of that would be his end, he uh, decided to stay up all night and he poured out all his, uh, he's a mathematician, so he poured out all his mathematical ideas in the manuscripts. And so the next day, yeah, he actually didn't make it. But that's a pretty drastic way. When you think for yourself that you, you have a deadline, you pretty much pour everything into it. So it's it's not good to always, you know, have a free free deadline because that would just push you to to finish it. Um, there will be emotional pitfalls that will threaten you along the way, and basically, uh, so there we have complacency if if you don't have a deadline, conservatism, dependency, impatience. And we sometimes pick the easy way out, so we get impatient to to make it. Um, grandiosity, when you know when the fame and success get to you, sometimes you think you already know everything. And inflexibility, you have to still be able to question, you know, foundations, and that's why you have to know your field inside out. And once you overcome this, then you would have gone one step further. So this is actually the meat of the book of what are the strategies for creative active face. So first you have to find your authentic voice. Of course, through the uh, apprenticeship phase, that's where you really learn all you can, learn everything. And then once you have those all the information, then you can shift to individual expression. You can then personalize things to make it your own voice. And however, if you if you don't master the basics, you won't understand your you know your work and you will just mostly imitate others what they do. And then look for one opportunity or fact with a great yield. So you don't need to look at 20 different things in order to bring success, but uh, you can just look for one opportunity, something you can focus on that has a great result, right? And ingenuity is getting the most out of the least materials. So you can see in the picture, um, Wright Brothers is, uh, they invented uh, many things like uh, the airplane, but they really didn't have a lot from, from childhood. They didn't have a lot of funding to get their inventions going, but they just used what they have. They made things out from scratch. So that's getting the most out of it. And uh, never settle into complacency, embrace slowness. and. So imagine that, you know, you'll be looking at your work five or 10 years ahead. You want to look back and, and just uh, be proud that you have accomplished something so well. So we have to make sure we don't settle into just, you know, just making it, but we have to make sure we, we do put in the time and effort. We know we have to, to master things and always reinvent yourself by creating something new. So you always have something unique 
of course, play play against the conventions, play against the norm. And of course, we, we now have the new normal. So we always have to keep reinventing ourselves, our business, you know, uh, our work. So that's how we can get out of this uh, situation in, you know, um, in a good way. Um, next, to go back to the bigger picture, the larger purpose. So when we get to a point that work becomes stale, you know, you must return to that bigger picture that you have, the overarching idea. So in this picture, we have Yoki Matsuoka, and she was the pioneer in uh, robotics in engineering, like um, the hand. And with that, she not only studied engineering, but she also had to study like the anatomy of the hand. She had to study how the brain connected to the nerves and all that in order to really perfect perfect something. So she had to get to the bigger picture, not just into one area that she that she was already good at. The evolutionary hijack. So what constitutes true creativity is the being open and the adaptability of our spirit. So there is just uh, basically a being open about new ideas, being adaptable to um, new situations, use dimensional thinking. So that's process of immersing yourself into uh, into your object of study, not being in a hurry, and seeing how one thing interacts with everything else. So basically, that's dimensional thinking. Lastly, alchemical creativity and the conscious. So we explore how our unconscious and uh, contradictory parts of our personality actually works to to make up our style and we have to examine these contradictions and tensions at, in the world in the world at large so all of these strategies you know it takes that makes up mastery and overall mastery makes up discipline uh, it takes um, years of study and practice and that's how you know when you apply it to your own life that's how you can actually um, achieve the steps to mastery. And that's it. And let's go ahead and open the floor to our panelists. What do you guys think about this chapter? Other than it being incredibly long, uh, I, I, I thought there was some good stuff in it. Uh, we were kind of chatting uh, beforehand and, you know, uh, Part of part of this is we discuss what we like, what we what we didn't like, stuff that that wasn't uh, particularly relevant. And in in this chapter had some stuff. It, it definitely had content. Uh, it was uh, it, it could have been stated in a lot fewer words. Um, some of, some of the stuff that really resonated with me. Um, one of the things that really resonated with me was in the very first uh, little section in the chapter. Um, I lost my spot in the book right before I started doing this. Uh, you must expand your knowledge uh, to related fields. So constantly expanding knowledge. So, I mean, that that's what we're doing here is we're uh, finding new things that we can apply uh, to our business, to our life, things, things that we like. Um, uh, 
part of a, a lot of this got got very academic. I like uh, he spent a lot of time talking about Mozart. You know, I I personally didn't learn to compose music when I was four years old. Um, I'm I'm not just a virtuoso, so that was a. Uh, a, a very specific case that that is is difficult for me to to apply in my business, but I definitely uh, did get some nuggets in there. Um, he talks about uh, the original mind and conventional mind. So the original mind is when we're kids, we're looking for opportunities and we're looking for what's possible. Uh, and then when we get to be adults, you know, all of that creativity is is beaten out of us is just just by the world and uh being corrected and told no that's wrong that's wrong you can't do that uh so i i i like that he's encouraging us to get closer to that original mind as we get into creativity and we're, we're looking for these new options i mean uh ev everything uh, every new idea was looked at as crazy uh, when it when it first uh, came about, so you know the the world is flat, the the world doesn't move, we're stationary, you know that was crazy at one point, it was heresy at one point, so we we have to challenge uh, the the status quo, um, and you know look beyond what society says we're supposed to do. So uh, one of the things that really one of the things that really frustrated me about being in the corporate world was uh, the managers uh, instead of my managers, instead of looking at, you know, what's the best way to use my skill set and what's the best way to utilize the, the tools that I have. They want to know this is, this is how our sales book says we do it. Um, and, and I ran into a, uh, I don't know how to do your job, but my book says you're doing it wrong. So we, we get trapped into the, this is the way that we've always done it. Um, and, and that's the way that it's got to be. And each one of those at one point was a brand new idea. And then we did that enough that that became the way that it was done in general. And then we stopped looking for new ideas. So we've constantly got to look for opportunities, uh, that, that we can change. Um, uh, I'm paraphrasing, uh, quite a, quite a bit here right now. Um, but the the way that we the way that we make money in anything the way that we have success which um, Green tells us not to just chase money which is probably really nice when you you know you're uh, a best selling author and and you've got millions upon millions of dollars through all of your books sold yeah and money's no longer that important you know for for me money's still important and I've got to uh, do some stuff that. Uh, I, I haven't gotten, I haven't figured out how to get paid to travel around Europe and scuba dive in Belize. I, traveling is, is my passion. I'd love to get paid for that. And you know, there's, there's ways to do it. Real estate's a lot faster. I, I like it a lot better. I'm passionate about real estate, but you know, if, if I had my choice between, do I want to go knock on doors or do I want to go scuba diving? That's not a real hard choice for me if, if I'm making the same amount of money. So we, we have to acknowledge the, the financial compensation. Uh, of of what we're doing, but the so the way that we the way that we're rewarded and what we are rewarded for is by finding problems, uh, finding gaps in the market, and and then find and then finding solutions to those. So one of the things that uh, that he talked about, um, let me see if I can find my notes. Um, he didn't talk about Steve Jobs, but it reminded me of Steve Jobs. 
is so often the public doesn't know um, what they're missing until 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 they're told that they're missing it. Um, and he talked about uh, so the Wright brothers. Um, they uh, they found opportunities to improve bicycles. So they, they started off out of out of necessity. Well, they started off out of necessity making a printing press, and because they were the ones actually putting it together and doing the work, they figured out the best way to do that. They, then they did it with bicycles. Then they did it with airplanes. So um, they they found uh, they found these needs in ways that they could improve things that were happening. So one of the things that uh, Green says is the real trick is the equivalent of seeing the negative cues to focus our attention on some uh, some need that is not currently being met or what is absent. Uh, so this doesn't, this isn't the Wright brothers, but uh, when they uh, originally doctors uh, saw disease as a result of some contaminant, something that that was happening that an outside force that was making the body sick. Well, when they discovered scurvy, uh, that was a deficiency of vitamin C. So there, there's things that are, that are that that hurt our business because they're missing. And Steve Jobs was incredible at this. Steve Jobs was incredible at this. Um, the the home computer. People didn't know that they wanted or needed a home computer. Um, people didn't and, until Steve Jobs and Apple created the uh, the iPod. Why 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 do we need that? Well, until until we, it's an option, it's it's not something that anybody would ever conceive. It's the same way um, that um, Edison, uh, uh, in working with Morse code, noticed patterns, and he was able to make the phonograph. So it's that that's how the creativity process works: is not only looking at uh, at what we can create, but what what is society missing from a whole. Um, guys, do you wanna do you wanna chime in? I'm I'm kind of uh, yeah, Brent, one of the things that uh, I, I really was interested in this chapter was where he talks about the different stages of, um, you know, learning and then going through your apprenticeship and then feeling like you get some accolades and then you're, you get too big for your britches. And, and I'm, I'm generalizing and, and summarizing, but uh, for me, that was, uh, uh, it really brought back a lot of as a as a manager back in the corporate days, seeing people under me that would uh, very very quickly all of a sudden think that they were experts and they knew more than you. And it was interesting to see that progression and journey. And it's also something I see, frankly, even with a lot of investors, they come in and they maybe get one or two deals uh, under their belt, and suddenly they stop listening or they stop focusing on the basics that that made them. Uh, successful in those first two. And so I, I, I made sure that I internalized it because I think that's a great reminder for everybody, myself included, that you, you don't close your ears, don't close your eyes, keep that mind open so that you're looking at things and not getting complacent. I mean, as long as the chapter was, I think it was pretty layered in, in the different topics that were covered. I just, it would have been nice if it was a little more succinct. Um, so I, that was my big takeaway on the chapter. I'm curious what you, what your thoughts are on that. Okay. Uh, so I, I think you should answer Michael's question first, and then I'll chime in because I don't have anything to say on that part. Go ahead. I, 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 so, I mean, uh, going in and I, the every every single one of the struggles. Uh, Shirley, will you bring up the, the, 
the the list of the struggles, the the complacency, the grandiosity, inflexibility, the emotional pitfalls. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of all of these. I, I'm absolutely guilty of all of these. Um, I'm at a point in my investing career that I honestly don't have to wake up at six o'clock every morning. I, I should, I get a lot more growth. I get a lot more satisfaction. Everything in my life is better. Um, when, when we work on one thing, you know, ev- everything else, uh, ten- tends to get better. So, I mean, complacency is something that, I, that, that's really easy to fall into once you get a level of success. Um, and, and you lose that, that hunger and that drive, but that's something that you're not going to get growth without that hunger and drive. Um, conservatism, um, uh, I, I mean, investing, I'm a very conservative investor. So, um, I don't like to get too crazy or, or, or out there with my investments, but I do like finding new ways, uh, to, to structure deals. That, that is one thing that, that, that I don't uh, re- that I don't rely on, um, too much, uh, or that, that doesn't hamper me too much because I'm constantly looking for new ways to structure deals to make them better. Um, uh, the dependency aspect, um, I one one thing that this coronavirus is, is showing me is that, you know, I'm very dependent on, on networking. Um, that, that's something that, that I really need in my life. And, you know, we're Alexa stop. Sorry, my wife set a timer. There's probably something burning in the kitchen right now, and she's on the Peloton. Um, uh, so, I, I mean, I'm very dependent on... Uh, Is that on, complacency? Say that again? Is that complacency, not checking to make sure nothing burns down? Exactly, exactly. Probably <laughs> I, I probably ought to check on that. No, her spaghetti squash will just be a little bit extra, more uh, more well done. Way past El Dente. Um um and and dependency this is something that i i see as a strength and a weakness so i'm i'm not great at operations so i depend on people that are great at operations for for me to run my business um am i dependent on them yeah i'm i'm dependent on them but uh that opens me up to do things that are um that that i'm best at um, impatience. I'm, I'm guilty of every day. Um, I'm, I'm looking for, uh, for results. Impatience is something that I see. Um, I work, I work with a lot of, of new investors and, uh, impatience is, is one of the most common things that I see of the, Oh my gosh, I've been a real estate investor for, you know, almost nine hours. And I, and I, I haven't made my first million yet. What, what am I going to do here? This, this probably isn't for me. Well, um, when, when we talk about patience in, in running a business, you know, um, educating yourself, getting training and, uh, and having mentors is definitely a way to shortcut the process. But let's look at every other profession that is financially compensated very well. Um, let's look at doctors. Doctors go to school for eight years. Then they do anywhere from, you know, two to 10 years of internships before they get paid anything. Professional athletes, they put in their entire life. They put in a minimum of 12 years in their sport before they make a dime. Musicians, same thing. Ton of, well, I mean, I don't know. There's some of these pop stars that I, I don't think they're, they're an anomaly. 
Um, but you know, musicians, they put in all this time, lawyers, they put in seven years, but people and entrepreneurs, I see this so commonly that, uh, Oh, I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, 30 days and, and, and I haven't made millions of dollars. So that, that's one of the things that we've got to be, uh, patient on and, and not give up on stuff. Um, uh, he, green talked about interpreting the Rosetta stone. So what the Rosetta stone, uh, Napoleon's troops found it while they were, uh, trying to colonize Egypt. And what it was, it was a, a stone that had, uh, three languages on it, uh, Egyptian, Greek, and I don't remember the third. It's, it's not a language that's spoken anymore. And one, the one person that was trying to analyze it, you know, they put in a ton of resources and gave it a year or two. But the person that actually cracked the code gave it well over 20 years. Um, so they, they were passionate in it. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and they, and so they stuck with it. They put the time into it, uh, and, and they really were able to, to decipher the Rosetta stone and, and translate these historic languages. Um, grandiosity. I, I coined the phrase delusions of grandeur. Um, uh, so, I mean, a lot of times we can, I've, I've got some good dad jokes. Nobody, nobody responded to my dueling ins poorly for 50% of participants, but I'm just, I'm just offended. I thought it was funny. I entertained myself. Um, but, but I mean, grandiosity, I mean, we, we tend to, we have some success and we think we're great. And then we step away from those things that made us successful in the first place. And I think that's one of the biggest things. Uh, that you were talking about, Michael, and in, in dealing with, you know, uh, training salespeople is, is, you know, we, we've done, this is my first rodeo. Um, so I, I know everything there is to know. Uh, and then of course the inflexibility, I mean, that, that's something that, that I addressed earlier of the, this is the way we've always done it. So this is why we do it this way. So uh, that, that's something that, that we have to be aware of that these are, that these are pitfalls, that these are traps and we have to be aware of them. Uh, so that we can avoid them. So, John, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you talk. I've got the speaker turned up, and I'm gonna go make sure the house doesn't burn down, and I'll be right back. All right, thank you, Brent. Uh, so, just to add, what really stick to me personally was uh, I, I came from an architectural uh, uh, bachelor degree background, and uh, the whole creativity part uh, was was really uh, resonating with me. So when when I was an architectural student in in, uh, in Taiwan, we would pour hundreds and hundreds of hours into one particular project that we had to finish in thirty five days, something like that, right? And and uh, there, there's so much that goes into architecture in general. Um, you know the the structure, the design, the uh, the, the color scheme, the the you know all that all that detail and what i found to be true is that uh, the more you focus on this sometimes the more that you focus on to that particular task the more you are uncreative uh, about it you're constantly thinking about the various di various different problems that that would come up uh when you're trying to solve that problem and you're constantly getting bogged down because of those restrictions. 
um, versus now that I'm no longer in architecture school and I don't really do any architectural design and real estate investing for the most part, there's design involved, uh, but it's really about, okay, what's the, you know, house that's two, two blocks down the road that's sold for, you know, almost the highest price. What, what kind of design do they use? And we're just going to copy that because that's the safest way to go. Um, you know, that, that's just, it's now, I actually have more ideas of my past projects that, that I've been do, doing in, in my school about, Oh, why, why didn't I do it that way? You know, that could have been, you know, when, when I, when I was thinking about doing my project this particular way, well, why didn't I think of that? You know, I think for creativity wise and, and uh, solution wise, sometimes it's much better to remove yourself completely from the problem. And when you're least expecting to find a solution to it, you will sometimes come across that solution all by its own because you focus so much of your energy onto that, that even by not really thinking about it, you notice specific thing that is not directly in ties to that and you can somehow incorporate it into the project that you're currently working with. Um, in terms of in terms of uh, all these emotional pitfalls, I mean, I'm pretty sure every single person has all of them. Uh, I have all of them as well as, like Brent said. Uh, one thing that I do see uh, from my own personal experience about um, dealing with, I don't, I don't really deal with corporate America, but dealing with uh, international companies uh, and and companies in Asia is that uh, a lot of companies in Asia. Uh, especially Japan, Korea, uh, Taiwan, are all founded by the baby boomers. And uh, there are not a whole lot of young people wanting to be entrepreneur to, uh, to, to, to take their steps going on because in the uh, Asian culture, there is, uh, if you guys read Confucius at all, it's always respect your elders, respect people with more experience than you. And therefore, uh, the people that are in charge, usually about 40, 50, 60 years old or even older, uh, are the people in command. Uh, and that also ties to the cultural uh, background of, you know, being in 4,000 years of monarchy um, is that what I said is, is, is right. And you listen to what I say and uh, do things my way. And that's, that's really dangerous because I'm, what I'm seeing right now is uh, for example, here, just, just a quick example here, everyone who, who manages their own, own company probably uses some sort of accounting program that is relatively easy to use, or they probably just hire a CPA. But I personally, I use QuickBooks. Um, in Taiwan, they use, I mean, in Taiwan and, and China, for the most part, they use Excel. And I, I, I'm shocked by how much information they kept on Excel still it's 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 amazing like looking at just just graphs and graphs and 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 tables of these information you know and that's just because they're they're accustomed to looking at multiple spreadsheets of excel and they're not accustomed to looking at just you know a program that live updates everything and so that's definitely a, a trait that i see uh is that uh usually usually i'm not saying 
that it, it, this is the case, but usually the older you get, the more uh, unwilling, un, uncoachable, I guess, would be the better word you are because you're, you know, you obviously have done things a certain way throughout your whole life and they most must have have worked for the most part and therefore unable to adapt to something new. People definitely get set in their ways. Yeah, that's that's really hard for especially for uh, the current time where everything is evolving. Uh, you know, everything is going online and now we're basically doing online networking, whereas normally we would have had to go into a happy hour, drink some drinks. You know, maybe this is the new way to network. Who knows? Yeah, that's especially true here in Asia and the Philippines. So Yeah, I'm sure Early knows. It's really tenureship who's the older one or who's been there for the longest time. And it's like if this virus didn't uh, set in we wouldn't be pushing for the work from home but so it's actually possible actually um juan uh juan just said i thought the idea that we must uh be able to feel about be able to feel doubt and uncertainty for as long as possible and something i know i have to work on but the pitfalls that can happen uh have caused me to lose or not close on a deal absolutely i mean that that's that's part of being an entrepreneur is is uh the the freedom the freedom that we get to uh to experience as entrepreneurs comes with uh an an element of risk and there's uh i've i've rolled the dice a lot and you know i've i've won a lot more than i've than i've lost um but i but i've definitely had failures as an entrepreneur um i've definitely had stuff that i thought was going to be the the next big thing that you know it, it wasn't a great fit. I mean, uh, a project that I'm working on right now, um, uh, I've, uh, I've, I've drastically changed uh, from, from the vision. So one of the things uh, that Green talked about in Mastery uh, was having that direct contact with the end users. It was a couple guys that uh, they developed one of the first softwares for uh, e-commerce. And because nobody else was doing, they didn't hire a sales team. They, they were able to keep an, an immediate pulse on, uh, on the, the way that their users, uh, how, how they felt. And they could go in and they could make uh, changes and tweaks and their, their product became better uh, because of that. So um, one of the things that I'm working on that I wanted to do uh, with, with my real estate business was finding ways to pool small amounts of money to buy rental properties. And the, uh, the initial ways that I had in mind are just aren't feasible because it, we lose all the economies of scale that we get, uh, in, in running an apartment. But, um, in talking to people, um, that, that I'm hoping will invest with me, um, so, I mean, it's, it's one, I'm getting good instant feedback Two, I'm, uh, it's a really, really soft pitch of, Hey, this is a business idea I have. Um, but I'm going to my, I'm going to my consumer or my investor and saying, Hey, what about this is attractive to you? What about this isn't attractive to you? Um, and we can use that to, to improve, uh, whatever it is, uh, that we're working on. Uh, but that again goes back to, you know, helping uh, identifying those gaps uh, that are that are missing in the, in the marketplace right now. 
Shirley, did, were we supposed yep. to end at 545? Is that? Oh, yeah. So um, to summarize for this chapter, basically, it's finding the balance between the skills you have and getting that to, to keep going with your creativity, right? So I do hope that you all learn a lot in this. And as we, uh, as we transition our participants to the panelists, um, next week we'll be already on our last chapter for Mastery Chapter 6. And so as, uh, as you maybe introduce yourselves, you can tell us what um, ideas or suggestions you have for our next book, what, what you want to have featured on our, our next book club. So, oh, I see some familiar uh, names, uh, like yeah, Israel. So maybe you can introduce again and, and your um, next book for the book club. Okay. Uh, Israel Hillier, down here in Houston, real estate investor, been doing it about a year and a half now. Um, let's see, as far as next book, uh, I don't know. I have... I have some good ones that I've read, um, how to, uh, how to win friends and influence people. It's definitely a good one for real estate. Um, but I was, you know, I was hoping on this one that you guys would have a really good one next. Um, cause I've been listening to a lot of real estate and, and reading a lot of real estate books and some leadership books, but, uh, and I just interested to see what you guys think. Israel, have you read Jocko Willink's last book? I did not read Jocko Williams. Uh, is it Jocko Williams or Williams? Willick. Jocko. Willick. Um, I've heard the name. Maybe it was you Willink. speaking or somebody else speaking about him. So he wrote, uh, he wrote two books, uh, or he's written several books. Um, the two that he's most known for are um uh, extreme ownership and uh the the dichotomy of dichotomy of leadership he has one called leadership strategy and tactics so i i haven't read it yet um uh but i but i'd like to get in there and and i like to i like to study i i'm a big believer in studying what you want so i'm a big student of success i'm a big student of of leadership. I want to, I want to be a better leader. I want to be a, a better steward. So those, those are two things that, I, that I'm really interested in. I've really enjoyed uh, Jocko in the past. So, uh, okay. uh, and, and I, I like, I like real estate books. One thing with, uh, with reading and you, you definitely need to keep those in your repertoire of, and, and different ways to look at things. But uh, there, there's there's so much as I get into real estate books specifically that I'm like no. Um, yeah. <laughs> I read a book on uh, it's uh, one of the bigger pockets guys wrote a book about apartment investing and it's like go shovel your own snow. There's no reason to pay somebody <laughs> to do that. Pick up trash in your own hallway and I'm like no, that sounds <laughs> awful. Um, but there there were some good takeaways from that book as well. So. I, I like the study of, of leadership is, is one thing, but you, you mentioned that. I know that your background is, is military, so I thought that you might enjoy those. Yeah. I, uh, I wanted to say one thing about this book. We were talking about getting back to basics, and we always said uh, something 
uh, and special forces, you know, we can get as sexy as we want, you know, doing our mission or whatever, but it always comes back down to the basics. Do you know the basics? If you know the basics well, go out and do sexy things. If you don't know the basics, go back to the basics because the basics won't ever lead you wrong. True. And by the way, is this, um, this is time slot work for you as well compared to the... Um, I'm full-time investor, retired military, so uh, I feel like I'm back on deployment. I've got my beard going. I'm reading a lot of books. The only thing I'm not doing is shooting every day. <laughs> you can do that, too. <laughs> and my neighbors wouldn't be happy here. <laughs> and thanks, Israel. Um, yep. About, uh, how about David? Hey there. How y'all doing? Yes. Oh, uh, you've been traveling. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little something I picked up over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> now, as, as far as another book, um, yeah, I don't. I, I, I echo a lot of uh, what Israel was saying. Is that um, I was looking towards you guys, I guess, as the leaders to to bring forth books that I hadn't thought of before, or hadn't read before. So um, I kind of like that idea. I, I certainly frequent Brent's um, must-read list. And, uh, you know, if that doesn't work, ping, ping Chanel or something like that. So always pinging different people of, of what to read. Are you looking for a particular topic or? I, I do like um, the leadership ones and or um, a self-confidence. Um, yeah, I guess along those lines to, to just say, okay, hey, you know, here's some steps you can go through and, and, and you actually can do this. And not the raw, raw. You know, it's all rainbows and unicorns, not, not that kind of stuff. It's more of, you know, these are the steps you have to go through. And like Brent says, you know, I've been a real estate investor now for 30 days. My God, why am I not a millionaire? Well, because you got to work your ass off first. So I, I like those kind of thoughts as well as, as hey, you know what, it, it does take some time. It takes some effort. And, and even like yours, you go back to the basics. You, you do the basics enough times and eventually it's going to work. So, Brent, you have to share your your list of books. I'll uh, I'll share it. it. It's long. Thanks, David. Um, no worries. Uh, let's go with uh, Sharon Reed. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I really enjoyed the book so far. Uh, but, uh, first thing I've ever used audio, um, I haven't gotten the actual book yet, so that was a bit of a change to me. Oh, sorry, Sharon. I think uh, the volume or is coming off as uh, muffled. We'll just listen harder. Um, well, uh, we just got a new webcam, so <laughs> as an older individual trying to use this technology, go ahead. Mastering, you know, different uh, techniques. Um, I, I myself, you know, started out only took well about three or four years ago, and that was because of Brent. Um, <laughs> he um, pretty much encouraged me um, and, and really got me started. Um, and I am now retired to be, you know, doing this full time. Um, I have been uh, also lending out, and that's an experience, experience as well. Um, 
makes a mistake as well, bringing uh, out the media uh, But I've been doing a lot of research and uh, going to a lot of other, let's say, gurus that have been around for a long time and trying to come combine everything together with all these individuals have, you know, not only the women that Shimon have been said, had instructed us to do, as well as other ones, you know, just kind of combining them together. But at the, at the very beginning, it was very confusing for me because I was trying to figure out um, which which one I should follow, what kind of system I needed to, to have. And, you know, I felt like, you know, I had to start focusing only on one one way and one way only, and that is to figure out that system for myself and write it down. Because if I don't do that, um, I, I stay confused. <laughs> You got to figure out what's the the best fit for you and in, in whatever you're doing. So I mean that that's really good. Um, couple other book recommendations that are showing up in chat. Juan says John Maxwell's Failing Forward. I love John Maxwell. I haven't read Failing Forward specifically. Uh, and then John's recommending What It Takes: Lessons in the Pursuit of Excellence. So that I actually have that book. It's it's on my list of books to read. I haven't read it yet. That would be uh, by Stephen Stephen Schwarzman. Sorry, <laughs> I think so. So I'll take note of those. Uh, do we still have uh, Is Juan, Juan? Juan's had some good stuff to say. I'd love to hear from Juan. All right, uh, appreciate that. Thank you, Brent. Uh, Pleasure. You know, I actually. Um, early in December, I don't know how, I don't know what I posted about reading and you said, Hey, you should check out my Instagram from last year. You read 15 books in 90 days. Well, I took your challenge and I, and I actually, and well, obviously the COVID helped, you know, yeah. because I was able to read a lot. So I was able to knock out 15 books and, and I took a lot of off, off from your list. I really cool. did. So I really appreciate it. And so since then I've actually really have, started to look at the kind of books that I used to read and because I have books on my shelf that I read a long time ago that didn't even register the first time I read them and I realized and there were actually some on your list I was thinking oh shoot I should read that book again started reading that book again The Power of Habit is a really good book mm -hmm. uh, by Charles Duhigg um, but you know in this book particularly the mastery one yeah I thought this chapter was ridiculous long but um the thing that, that, and I posted earlier, that for me has been my biggest challenge has been that um, being a new investor, being a new entrepreneur, because I've been in, you know, uh, working in the nonprofit sector forever, but, and being a teacher now, but taking these risks and, oh, shoot, every deal is so different. Every, it's like, oh, if you don't do this, if you do this, and then you talk to so many different people. And I think that's one of the things that, that I, that I would that I got in the book is that uncertainty. We need to be comfortable with that uncertainty because it really did go to challenge me. On like I said, I've lost a couple of deals when I realized, ah, oh, I I think I'm going to lose money. And if I keep going in with that same mindset of, oh, I think I'm going to lose money, well, I'm never going to make any. And and I appreciate your comment earlier about you know the 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 building wealth, the building the, the being 
that is still in the forefront for me as well. I, I, I think that anybody who says, oh, you know, you shouldn't be working towards money is either people who just live under a bridge and don't care or already have enough money to, to last them a long time. And I'm thinking I'm not there yet. For me, making money and, and getting my family in a position where we, don't, where we can do traveling, where we can you know, not worry about where we're going to get our next meal from. I, I think it, it, it goes, but for me again, that that being un, being more comfortable with uncertainty has it definitely resonated with me. And, and it was funny because I I started, I underlined it, and I even wrote it in front of the book because it really it, it for me that's kind of the biggest challenge for me has has been that. Well, and, and I mean, I, I like what I like what you're saying, but part of that here here's what certainty is. Certainty is a salary. Certainty is uh, kind of. Kind of, unless you get furloughed. Um, so sa- certainty, security, um, you know, it's a do, do I want to put on this leash because I know I'm safe in the yard? No, I'd rather, I, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I wish that I could say that all I did was read books during, during this weird lockdown. I walk, I watched some Tiger King. I'm, I'm hip. I'm up with the times. And, you know, I don't. I don't want to be that tiger that's that's in the cage eating stale Walmart meat. Yeah, there's some there's some certainty, and that I'm gonna get a meal. But you know, I want. I'd rather have. I'd rather have the hunt. I'd rather have the abundance. I'd rather have the freedom uh, that that we get from being entrepreneurs. Of yeah, yeah. There there there's something to be said for certainty, and there there's something. And, and part of my investing portfolio is designed for that. Um, but there's, there's also something to be said for, for growth. And the only way that we can grow is to sacrifice, uh, some yeah. of that uncertainty. And, but, and I, but I'm also a hundred percent with you and that I know, I know where you're at. Like I, I understand, um, I've, I've had the, the nights where I didn't sleep because, you know, I, I had a, a lot tied up in one deal. Or when I when I had a lot tied up and, and you know making sure that something went well. well um, go ahead. No, and I, it's something you said is one of the things that um, John John Cosgrove uh, and Marshall Back um, became friends with them, and they kind of gave me a different way of looking at stuff. I started to uh, approach door knocking a whole lot different. And all of a sudden, when I let go, it, and honestly, um, I can't remember what book I read this in. It's like, try to get your as many rejections as you possibly can, yeah. like uh, immediately. And so I went in with that kind of different mentality. It's like, you know what? The worst thing they can do is tell me no. You know, like a, or slam the door on my face. And, you know, okay, I got those out of the way. But once I started doing that, it, it, you know, I was still uncertain about what I was going to say, but I started to feel more comfortable in the idea of that uncertainty because I didn't know what they were going to do started getting more phone calls again i think part of that is what you know we attract what we what we transmit out and mm-hmm. and i think that 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 alone has been that is i that have started to feel a lot more comfortable with that uncertainty not completely there yet in 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 risking as much as i think i need to but uh but i but i but i definitely have become a lot more comfortable in that aspect i i think just push yourself a little bit further every time Every every time you go push push yourself out there, and I'm not saying take risk for the sake of risk, 
I'm saying take calculated risks. I'm saying, you know, push your, push yourself to that comfort zone. Go go and knock on that door that you're worried about knocking at. I mean, I've gotten cussed out before. I survived. I mean, when, when I started door knocking on the foreclosure list, I learned all kinds of new, exciting combinations of the F word. I, I mean, that, that, that's just a, uh, it's, it's uncomfortable. But I mean, that, that's, that's where growth lives. If you keep on doing what you're doing, you're going to keep on getting what you're getting. So, so you've got you've to constantly uh, push yourself to strive for more. And, and that's how you get more is you push for it. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you, Juan. Let's hear from uh, Mike, Mike Rutherford. Got your camera on. <laughs> Mike, your camera's on, but your your sound is not. Bottom left-hand corner of the screen is a mute button. If you'll unclick there that. There it is. There. I said I was sitting here being very complacent. <laughs> That's one of the pitfalls. <laughs> um no i i um i agree with those everything everyone and you you've got to go out you've got to push yourself you've got to grow um gary sonique is uh one of the fellows that i like um and one of his uh one of his philosophies is that the the boss the leader eats last um mm -hmm. you've got to inspire everyone you to do your job and, and you're the last one uh, who eats and um, I think that uh, applies to networking it applies to your to your network to your uh, your group that you put together uh, and I think all of these things are very good and, and I also agree uh, with you Brent that uh, we are a little bit of all of these things uh, we have strengths and weaknesses we're not a level playing surface. Uh, and we have to play with ourselves um, in order to identify those weaknesses, find them when we find them, um, change, adapt. That's why we're entrepreneurs. Uh, find someone who can fill that gap that, that we don't do well. So I agree with all of that. I like that. So leaders eat last. That's like the church potluck where you go last in line so that you can eat more and, and nobody gives you dirty looks. Yeah, um, that's true. I love batting clean up when it comes to the to the buffet line. Yeah. Great insight. Thanks, Mike. Um, let's see about uh, Cynthia Brown. Are you able to turn on your camera as well or you just unmute Cynthia or Sean whoever yeah whoever whoever Maybe. unmutes first wins <laughs> it's a very prestigious prize I think there should be a contest for for next week <laughs> we were saying about how we can actually post in Facebook of uh, what you've learned and then we'll pick uh, a good uh, coat or takeaway. Okay. All right. All right. Let's, uh, looks like Sean and Cynthia aren't, uh, aren't going to be able to join us. So that's all right. So any, any last words of wisdom? Um, 
Well, I hope that we're able to learn a lot today and we're going to definitely uh, choose a good book for, for our next topic that um, we can focus maybe on the leadership or um, self-confidence, things like that. So there, thanks everyone uh, for joining and um, hope to see you next week. Same time, Wednesdays, 5 p.m. For webinar schedules, follow us at our official social media accounts or visit us at www.realestateiq.co.